Ladies and gentlemen, hockey is back. Let's get it. You're listening to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, the best place to get the most up-to-date news going on in the wide world of sports. Now, let's kick some Mofobo with me, your host, Neil Villapiano. Yo, what is going on, all you lovely people out there? It is once again your host, Neil Villapiano, and welcome to a much-anticipated and exciting edition of the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, the best place to get the most up-to-date news and topics going on in the wide world of sports. As always, thank you guys so very much for taking some time to check this episode out. I do greatly, greatly appreciate it. We always have exciting things to talk about here on the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast. And today, as always, is certainly no exception. And today I am recording and also this episode will be out on Wednesday, January 13th, 2021. And the reason that this day is so important is because today is opening day of the 2021 National Hockey League season. Yes, the only other major league sport that hasn't started its season yet is actually starting here today. Hockey is back. For those of you that don't know, I am a massive hockey fan. It is probably one of my top three favorite sports to watch, not just on TV, but also live. Uh, As you know from the outro of this podcast, I am the host of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network which is, you know, you know, I cover the New Jersey Devils and talk all things New Jersey Devils and make sure you go subscribe to that as well. New episodes out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. But enough about that. The important thing here is that hockey in general is back. We have a slate of games today. I'm not going to be previewing those games. What I was going to do today is kind of give you guys a rundown of what this season is going to be like, what the playoff format is going to be, the COVID-19 protocols, because obviously we're still dealing with that. Some other really cool things that the NHL is actually trying to do this year. I'm also going to give you my predictions for not just the individual awards, but who I think will make it to the Stanley Cup finals, who will win the Stanley Cup, and who is going to be the Smythe Trophy winner as playoff MVP. So we have a bunch to get to here today. So I hope you guys are ready for this one. And as I always say, before we start any of these episodes, let's kick some mofobo. So we're going to start with kind of giving you guys an explanation of why the season is going to be really unique and what are the rules. And to try to help you understand, you know, what to expect from watching the NHL this year, whether you're a diehard hockey fan, a casual hockey fan, or you've never watched the sport before, I want you guys to understand as best as possible what the season is going to look like once we get underway later on today. So to start, it is a 56-game season. Usually the season goes about 82 games. It starts back in October. But as we all know, due to COVID and other situations, 
like that revolving around it, basically. The NHL did not start then. It actually had its draft in October, if you can believe that, when usually the NHL entry draft is scheduled around the June time frame, probably a week or two after the Stanley Cup is awarded. But this year, 56-game season, and they're going to have a regular 16-team Stanley Cup playoff. So usually 16 teams make it out of the regular season and into the Stanley Cup playoffs. There's a little bit of a twist this year, and we'll get into that in just a few minutes with that. And the NHL said that they want the Stanley Cup to be awarded in mid-July. And there are a multitude of different reasons why they want to get it done at that around that specific time. Number one, the NHL's contract or TV contract actually with NBC is running out at the end of the year. And the NHL is going to be looking to try to you know, work with a new TV contract, whether it's with NBC or things like ESPN, TNT, whatever, whatever they decide to do. They want to get that done. The other thing is this. We did not have the 2020 Summer Olympics. So because of that, they moved it to the summer of 2021. Now, there is no guarantee that the Olympics are going to happen even this year. And, you know, there's still a lot of questions to be answered with that. And we are, you know, slowly but surely approaching the Olympics and when you really have to start having these discussions. And since NBC usually broadcasts the Olympics, whether it's the winter or the summer Olympics, they want to make sure that they can put all of their undivided attention to the Olympics without having to worry about the NHL season still going on. And also, here's another thing. The NHL would like to have its entry draft relatively about a week after the final game of the season. And also, we have the expansion draft because the Seattle Kraken, the 32nd team that were going to be the 32nd team in the NHL, will be joining the National Hockey League for the 2021-22 season. So they want to have the expansion draft and give them an opportunity to build their team for their first year. And the NHL also said that they would like to have an 82-game season as normal next year, 2021-22, which, you know, could very well be possible. You know, I think that if you look at the way sports in general has handled COVID-19, there have been obviously a lot of negatives, but there's also been a lot of positives with how people have handled it. And I think now with that experience under everyone's belt, they now know how to go further and, and you know, go ahead with, you know, trying to make these seasons happen with the knowledge of what they need to do to make everyone safe. So that's very important. So obviously there are going to be a lot of different things and a lot of pressure to get this stuff done and to get it done in a timely manner. And that's where, you know, you get a little nervous about the fact that, you know, COVID-19 is still very big. There's a new, um, I believe, variant of it that's, that's, you know, spreading across, not just here in the United States, but spreading across the world, which is obviously not something we want to hear right now, but luckily we do have a couple vaccines that are out and people are slowly but surely getting it. And we're going to talk about the COVID-19 vaccine and how it, you know, how it impacts the National Hockey League and what they have decided that they're going to do with that vaccine. But let's shift back here to some of the more information that you need, you guys need to know. The next big thing is the realignment of the division. So we had a couple divisions for a long time and the NHL already said that they're definitely going to be going back to the regular divisions after this year. This is just for this year. And they're hoping that this is not a long-term thing if they can avoid it. And the real line divisions include an all Canadian division. And here are the names of the division. Originally, they just call them the West, the East, 
the North and the Central, with the North being that all-Canadian division. But because the NHL, like all the other leagues, is trying to recoup some of the money that they've lost from the COVID-19 impact due to the fact of no fans and, and all those things like that, they decided to have a big brand sponsor each of these divisions. So we have the Honda West Division, the Mass Mutual East Division, the Scotia North Division, and the Discover Central Division. So, you know, look, as a hockey fan and being a, a diehard hockey fan, it's not great. It kind of looks silly. It sounds silly. But again, I get it. The other big thing is that a handful of teams already have sponsors that they're going to be having on their helmets. So I don't know if this is going to be the beginning of getting sponsors on the jersey like you see in the NBA, like you even see in some of the major hockey leagues over in Europe where they have sponsors all over their jerseys. I don't know if this is going to be the beginning of something new, but some teams like the Washington Capitals, the New Jersey Devils, the San Jose Sharks, a bunch of other teams. I think actually every NHL team is going to have a sponsor on their helmet um, are going to do that to obviously try to recoup money as well. Now, you know, that's, that's something that shouldn't really be a surprise. And what really, really kind of, I don't want to say frustrated me, but maybe ask a lot of questions was this. About two or three days ago, Gary Bettman, the commissioner of the National Hockey League, came out and spoke in an interview. I don't know if it was with NHL.com or something like that. And he came out and said that he knows that a handful of owners are losing billions of dollars, you know, with obviously having this season. And he says that financially, it would make a lot more sense to actually not have the season. But because the majority of the owners voted to have the season happen because they wanted, you know, the fans to see hockey, that's why they're going forward with this. So I hate saying this because I am a diehard hockey fan and there are a lot of hockey fans out there that don't care about that stuff and don't care and are just happy that hockey is back. But I do kind of wonder, you know, then why are you doing this? Like other than obviously trying to appease the fans, which obviously makes a lot of sense. Why else would you do it? Because if you're going to go forward with this and knowing you're going to lose even more money than you did before, you're going to be putting yourself in a very, very difficult situation in the future. I mean, you really are. And that's why I've said before that sports in general is going to look a lot different on the other side of when the COVID-19 pandemic ends and we can kind of keep it under control um, and make it sort of, I guess you would say, a normal part of the type of diseases that one can attract, you know, like the flu and, and other things like that. And no, I'm not trying to say that COVID-19 is like the flu. I'm, I'm not saying that. I'm just using that as an example of what I'm trying to you know, point out here. But again, it's kind of a, it's a difficult situation for the NHL because I get it. But at the same time, it's still, you know, it makes me worried about the future of the league. Like, yeah, this is great. We have hockey. There's no question. And there's a lot of excitement here. And we're going to talk about all that, no doubt. And I'm excited, just like everyone else listening to this. But again, it's still from a financial standpoint and because of the long-term effect it could have, you get kind of nervous about that. So that's where, you know, I'm kind of skeptical and say, why would you say that now as opposed to saying that early on to kind of, you know, see if you can get some backing for it. But again, hindsight is, well, it is 2021, but hindsight is 2020, uh, you know, for, for many reasons. Now, going back to the, you know, the situation with, you know, what team, what the scheduling is going to look like. Teams will only play against other teams in their division. So West teams will play West teams, East teams will play East teams and so on and so forth. Like that's just 
there's going to be very little traveling. They wanted to make this as regional as possible to slow down, if they can, the spread of the virus all over the country and just try to keep everyone in a sort of invisible bubble of just regional teams. So that's really that's really kind of what we're dealing with at the moment. Now, the teams in the East, Central, and West divisions are going to be facing each other eight times. So, you know, it's a, yeah, that pretty much you know, makes, makes sense. You know, some team, sometimes you're going to be playing the same team two, three, even four times in a row. So this is going to be very similar to what you see in major league baseball where teams are playing each other that many times in a row. So it'll be kind of interesting to see how teams deal with that. Once we actually get into the year, meanwhile, in the North or the all Canadian division, as I told you guys, those seven teams are going to be facing each other 10 times because obviously they have fewer teams in the other three divisions. So that's going to you know, build up a lot of those big rivalries that we've seen in Canada. And it's going to make for a lot of entertaining hockey to watch on television. So this is going to be the year where rivalries, I think, get really you know, reignited and renewed in many different ways. And, you know, maybe we get some new rivalries. I don't know, but it's going to be really interesting. Then when it comes to qualifying for the Stanley Cup playoffs, the top four teams from each division will be the teams qualifying. So there's no wild card or anything like that. It's just if you finish in the top half of your division, you are going to be moving on to the Stanley Cup playoffs. So in every division but the North Division, four teams will miss out with in the Canadian Division, since there's only seven teams, three teams will miss out, which might give, you know, even lesser teams in that division a better opportunity to try to go after and get into the Stanley Cup playoffs, which would be great. Now, let us talk about the rosters because this is important because you're going to see a bigger roster and you're going to see more players, especially young players that are going to be given an opportunity to be on the team and get a couple games here and there of playing because, you know, they decided to expand the roster a little bit. And I'll explain, you know, as usual, every team will play with a 23 man roster and have to comply with an 81 and a half million dollar salary cap, which I think some teams had to get that, you know, or, you know, fixed a little bit. I'm sure they got it fixed by now because it is opening day. But in 2021, each team will now be allowed to carry between four and six additional players on what they call a taxi squad. Those players will practice with the team and potentially travel as well. So to kind of simplify that is that you have the 23, you know, man roster that you have for a game, but you also have, you know, a handful of players that if somebody gets COVID, if somebody gets injured or whatever the case may be, instead of having to go to your minor league team and have them travel all the way from where they are to wherever you are, whether it's at home or on the road, you have several, you know, a handful of players that are already with the team that are in those hotel rooms, in the locker room that can just suit up right away and you're good to go. So that's really good, you know, to kind of deal with the fact that players could get COVID and everything like that. And obviously will get hurt, you know, cause that's part of the game. And so that makes things easier for teams to kind of orchestrate. And like I said before, it will give younger players on these teams an opportunity to make the roster and get themselves an opportunity to play the national hockey league. Whereas usually they would probably end up being sent down to the minors. So this is a really good opportunity for guys that are kind of, you know, on the fence between being an AHL player, which is the minor league of the NHL and an NHL player. So that's really important. Now let's talk about something a little bit more fun. For those of you that don't watch hockey on a, a daily basis, or, you know, if you're not a dire hockey fan, you probably don't know that the NHL every year has a handful of games that they play outdoors, 
One of them is called the Winter Classic, and they usually have a couple what they call stadium series games, where they kind of go back to the roots of starting to play hockey outdoors and things like that. And there were a couple of games that were scheduled for this upcoming year that, not surprisingly, ended up being postponed to the next year. I, I don't think they were canceled. I think they were more just postponed to the, the, the next year. But nonetheless, the NHL still wanted to do something to kind of, you know, gain more excitement to the NHL and also just play an outdoor game in general. The NHL originally was trying to do something on, you know, today, the first day of the season where they would play from, you know, a, a crazy place that they can just, you know, broadcast the game and, and do something really special to kick the year off. But, you know, with timing and everything else, that wasn't the case. But about a week or two ago, the NHL announced that they would have two games being played on February 20th and 21st at Lake Tahoe, which I believe is in Nevada, which it's actually the backdrop of the Sierra Nevada. So that's where, that's where it is. They're going to be playing two games right near the lake. So they're going to have an arena built kind of right, you know, between you know, woodlands and, and all these things. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really cool. Obviously there'll be no fence and there'll be amid a lake trees and mountains celebrating hockey's roots in a way long envisioned but never had the chance to pull off until now i mean this is the first time that we're going to have an opportunity to see outdoor hockey in its purest form where it's not in the stadium outdoors it's actually you know you know with a backdrop of a lake sierra nevada in the background all you see is trees and maybe hopefully snow i don't know we'll see what happens but it's a really really cool thing and for the hockey purists and the diehard hockey fans, this is something special. And for the, you know, I guess the, the the fans that don't watch as much, this is going to be a really cool experience. And even for just sports fans, it's going to be awesome to see. And I'm really looking forward to actually watching those games. And the NHL has never had a chance to do this until this year. And this is why I've said before that this season is certainly going to be a season like no other. We're not going to have another year as crazy as this hockey season is going to be. The NHL Outdoors at Lake Tahoe, which is the official name of this event, will feature two regular season games on the south shore of North America's largest alpine lake against the backdrop of the Sierra Nevada. And the two games are this, the Vegas Golden Knights against the Colorado Avalanche on February 20th at 3 p.m. on NBC and NBCSN, and the Flyers versus the Boston Bruins on February 21st. So you'll have four teams there, Maybe we'll get a chance to see some really cool jerseys like we usually do in these outdoor games, but this is going to be great. And even though there's going to be no fans, this gives, you know, TV a chance to use different things that they've never used before with cameras and how they present the game. And I think it's going to be an opportunity to really get some new hockey fans and to expand the sport. So this is a really, really plus plus for the NHL. And I'm glad that they're doing some form of outdoor game. And I'll be interested to see what it looks like when we get to that point, which funny enough, we're about a, a month and a week away from that game actually happening. So it's not too far away. So that is a really cool thing. And again, I'm just happy that the NHL is still able to do an outdoor game. Now, let's talk about the COVID-19 protocols, because I think this is very important when you're a sports fan, especially over the last you know 10 months or so. How does the NHL deal with this? Well, they had a bubble for the Stanley Cup playoffs in which there was not a single positive test, which is absolutely phenomenal. Unfortunately, since we started training camp about a week and change ago, things have gotten somewhat out of control. We've had six different teams that had COVID 
19 cases, including the Dallas Stars, who's had something like 15 or 16 positive tests. So their season's going to be put on delay. So we're already dealing with difficulties with dealing with this virus. But the NHL is going to try its best to be compliant as possible with dealing with the COVID-19 virus. NHL coaches are now have to wear masks on the bench. They weren't doing that during the bubble setting, but now that they're going to be required to do so. And then here comes something with regards to traveling, because I think this is a very important part of the whole protocol. On road trips, players are permitted to go to only the rink and hotel where all meals will be served. No visits to bars, restaurants, or retail stores are allowed. Players each get their own hotel, which means no more road roommates, at least for this season. Usually teams have, you know, two players rooming together on the road. But this year, you know, because of COVID-19 and trying to be safe, that's not going to be the case. Teams are allowed to practice only at NHL sanctioned arenas or practice facilities. No teams are allowed to use rinks owned by third parties and practices are not open to the public. So you can't go to a local rink or do anything like that. And usually sometimes fans are allowed in a normal season to go and watch these practices. This is not the case. You are not allowed. It's just not going to happen. They do not want to be liable. If some fan gets COVID because they were there or whatever the case may be, they want to try to remain as safe as possible. When it comes to the vaccines that are already being distributed, the NHL has made it publicly clear that they are not going to jump ahead of the line to get a dosage of the vaccine that they can give to all their players. They have said several times that they want to get the vaccine when they are allowed to. When, and that basically means that when the essential workers and the doctors and the nurses and the elderly and all of those groups you know, that are of high urgency, once they get the vaccine and it's all good, then the NHL will be allowed and all the other sports leagues will be allowed to then get it. They want to make this as fair as possible. They do not want to jump the line. They don't want to get in trouble. They want to be as understanding and reasonable as possible. So for that reason, nobody at the moment has been vaccinated. The NHL doesn't have any, any of the vaccine, and they are going to patiently wait until it is the appropriate time, which, you know, again, it could be until after the season when players might start actually getting it. Because again, you know, with, with the vaccine, it, it gets distributed very slowly and they have to kind of pick and choose who gets it right away and who doesn't. You know, it's, it's all these different things. But I'm glad that the NHL is stepping up and saying, we're not going to jump the line. We're not going to do anything like that. We are going to remain as understanding, as respectful as possible, because we don't want to put people who need the vaccine more than we do at higher risk. We want to make sure that they get it first. So I applaud the NHL for doing that. It's an obvious thing to do, but I'm just glad that they're actually going through with it. So to kind of recap this part of my you know, NHL preview this year, yeah, I mean, you look at it and clearly everything I've said is completely different than what you would normally see in a regular NHL season. The first thing immediately is the fact that it's only 56 games. Then you have you know, new divisions. Then you have COVID-19 protocols, the pandemic protocols, basically. You have, an out, you have two outdoor games in a place that the NHL has never been able to do until now. I mean, this is, all these things are just, you know, are just completely new. And again, this really is a season like no other. We're, we're going to look back 10, 15, 20, 30 years from now and say, 
you know, I still can't believe we got through that season. And that's really what people are going to say once the Stanley Cup is awarded in the final game of the 2021 season, which will be about six months away. So six months from now, the NHL season will be over and it, and it will be, and we'll have a lot to look back on. Like we're already doing with the National Football League, what we're sort of doing with the NBA since they're about, you know, 15 games or so into the season, Major League Baseball as well. It's going to be the same thing with the National Hockey League. So that's something to, you know, really think about and understand. This is going to be a really interesting, fun, you know, tough year, especially for the players and everybody because they're not going to be around fans. And speaking of fans, I just want to say this. There are some NHL teams that said that they are going to have fans come at a certain capacity. You know, I think the Dallas Stars said they were going to do that. Same thing with like the Florida Panthers. I did hear that the New York Metropolitan teams, meaning the Islanders, the Rangers, and I think also Buffalo as well are considering it down the road. I know me being a New Jersey Devils fan, Governor Murphy has not even come close to saying that because he he doesn't want to put anybody at that risk. And I totally get that. But I think right now we have to be realistic and say probably the earliest we could get fans, and it, a, a lot depends on that. I mean, a lot depends on how well the vaccine works, how quickly people can actually get it, and a lot of other things as well. Um, I think the latest that we could get it is we could get fans back in is probably May, June timeframe. I really got to be honest. So for that reason, I think that most likely we're not going to really have fans at all um, unless some of these teams decide to do it anyway, which I don't think is the right thing, but I get also why you're trying to do it. You're trying to gain some of your revenue back, which, which makes perfect sense. But, you know, again, we'll see what happens. It's going to be a very unique year. Nonetheless, now let's go to a little bit more of a fun and relaxed type of thing. I'm going to give you guys my predictions for some of the top awards. There are a handful of awards out there, but it's kind of hard to predict some of them because obviously some of them are, you know, humanitarian awards and you can't kind of, you can't really predict that. So I kind of went with the main awards that most people know. And I'm also going to give you my prediction as to who are the four teams from each of the four divisions that will make the Stanley Cup playoffs. And then I will finish by saying who I think will be my Stanley Cup finals matchup, who will win the Stanley Cup in how many games. And finally, who will be the Smythe Trophy winner for playoff MVP. So let's get right into it, shall we? We'll start with the NHL awards and we'll go from, you know, we'll kind of build up to the Hart Trophy, which is the MVP of the league. We're going to start with one of my personal favorites, the Selkie Trophy, which is for best defensive forward. My pick for this year's Selkie Trophy winner is going to be Patrice Bergeron, which I think would make it like his third or fourth of his career. He is the definition of a defensive two-way type of forward. He could put up a multitude of points, but he also plays really good defense and, you know, does the little things to help his team win games. And as a result, you know, not only is he a great character on the ice, he's a great character off. And because obviously Zdeno Chara, their longtime captain, left the Bruins of free agency to go to the Washington Capitals. Patrice Bergeron was named the next captain of the Boston Bruins. So I'm going to go with Patrice Bergeron of the Boston Bruins to win the Selkie Trophy. Now let's go to the Ted Lindsay Award, which is given to the most outstanding player voted by the NHL Players Association. So you have two type of MVP awards, if you want to call it that. One of them is voted by the players, you know, every single player in the NHL, and the other is voted by the media, writers, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and the Ted Lindsay one is the first one we're going to talk about. And for me, 
I'm actually going to throw out, I guess you would say somewhat of a surprise to some people. And I'm going to go with Elias Pettersson of the Vancouver Canucks. You know, you look at Elias Pettersson, he has been a star player that has built, gotten better and better every single year. He really took a major step in his development during the bubble when Vancouver went all the way to the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs against Vegas. And they did a really good job of, you know, being really competitive and doing really well. And Elias Pettersson was a big reason why. And I think this is that year with his speed, his skill, and, you know, his finesse type of playing, you know, I think that in a short 56-game season, which is more of a sprint and not a marathon, he's going to take advantage of that right away. And I think he's going to blow away people with his talent. And I'm really going to be, you know, he's one of my favorite up-and-coming players in the National Hockey League. And I think he's going to really light up the stage this year. So for that reason, I'm going with Elias Pettersson and the Vancouver Canucks to win the Ted Lindsay Award for Most Outstanding Player by the National Hockey League Players Association. Now, the next trophy that we're going to go to is the Calder Trophy, which is awarded to the Rookie of the Year. And, you know, it's always an interesting situation when some guys get called up, you know, have, you know, with like 10 games to go in the season, and they're still considered rookies because they haven't played a, a certain amount of games. So there's some other guys that already have NHL experience that are going to be favorites to win this award. But for me, I'm actually going to pick a guy who will legitimately be a rookie, and this is, and this will be his first time playing in the NHL. And that is Minnesota Wild forward Kirill Kaprizov, who is coming from the KHL, the Continental Hockey League, which is the second most popular hockey league in the world being played in Russia. And this kid has a lot of skill. He is a tremendous hockey player. He has a nose for the goal, and he's going to bring another offensive machine to the Minnesota Wild, a team that did make the playoffs last year and could very well make a run at getting to the playoffs and maybe even making somewhat of a deep run here this year. And I think Kaprasov is going to be a main guy for that. He's going to be wearing number 97 on the Minnesota Wild. So keep an eye out for this kid. I think he's going to end up being the best rookie out there. As I know you have some other guys that could very well, you know, do it, especially some guys that have experience already playing in the NHL. But I think even though Kaprasov is playing on a shorter ice rink than what he's accustomed to back in Russia. I think he's going to adjust to it very well. I've already heard a lot of good things about him, you know, from Minnesota Wilds training camp. And I think the sky's the limit for this guy. And the fact that he's already been playing against men and he has a lot of experience, it, it gives him an advantage going into this year. So for that reason, I'm going with Kirill Kaprasov of the Minnesota Wild to be named Calder Trophy Rookie of the Year. And now we'll go to my favorite award because I am a former goalie. I did play goalie in high school and that is the Vezina Trophy, which is awards the best goaltender. And I'm going to throw out a surprise winner. I'm going to go with Carey Price. Yes. I'm going to go with Carey Price of the Montreal Canadiens to win it because I think the Canadians are in a position where not only could they make the playoffs again, but I think this year they have the ability to go and make a longer run. You know, they brought in Tyler Toffoli. They brought in some other young players that can really, you know, help them. And I think Carey Price, now that he has a legitimate backup in Jake Allen, I think he'll get some of the load taken off him and he'll be able to be more fresh for these games and continue to be the Carey Price that he is. And in a shortened season, I think he has the ability to steal a lot of games like he does in the playoffs every time he gets there. And Carey Price is one of my favorite goalies to watch in the league right now. And he plays for such a historic franchise like the Montreal Canadiens. 
And I'm really just looking forward to seeing him play. And I think that he's going to be that surprise guy. And in a crazy year like this, it's appropriate for me to make some crazy predictions because you just don't know. And as I've said before, hockey is magical. Hockey is, is unpredictable. You never know what could happen. You really don't. So I'm going to throw out a curveball and say, I think Carey Price is going to end up being voted as the best goaltender in the NHL this year and be awarded the Vezina Trophy. Now we go to the Norris Trophy, which is awarded to the best defenseman in the NHL. And I'm going to go with Vegas Golden Knights defenseman, Shea Theodore. Shea Theodore, ever since he got you know, put on Vegas via the expansion draft coming from, I think it was Anaheim he was originally with, he has grown into arguably their best defenseman. I know they also just signed Alex Petrangelo to a long-term deal, but Shea Theodore has been there since the beginning and has gotten better every single year. And I think that this is this that year where I've said before that he could eventually be a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. He has that good of an, good enough skill. I think this is that year that he does it. He's really, really good as your top power play defenseman. He blocks a lot of shots. He's very physical. He does everything you need him to do as a defenseman. And I think overall, he may not you know, wow you in the amount of points, but I think the NHL is going to look at him and say, wow, he has really, really been kicking Mofobo in the season this year. So I'm going to go with Shea Theodore of the Vegas Golden Knights to be awarded the Norris Trophy as the NHL's best defenseman. And now we get to the final and biggest individual award that you can be given other than the Conn Smythe for playoff MVP. And that is the Hart Trophy for most valuable player. Now, there are obviously a handful of big names out there that I could go with. And it's understandable. I could also just go with somebody that I personally like that I think could make a run on it. But I am going to go with Nathan McKinnon of the Colorado Avalanche to win the Hart Trophy this year. I think that you look at him, he has now entered the prime of his career on a up-and-coming Colorado Avalanche team that has gotten so close to making that deep run into the playoffs and maybe even to a Stanley Cup with the amount of talent that they have around Nathan McKinnon. He's just going to continue to get better. He has great speed. He has a great two-way game in many ways. He could just be the leader on your power play. He could do a lot of really good things and put up a lot of points in, in, in consecutive games. I mean, he could put up two, three, four per game. That's how talented this kid is. And I think that with the Avalanche being one of those teams in that West division, or I think, yeah, I think it is the West division. I think they're going to be able to win that division relatively easily. I mean, they're going to have some competition from Vegas and St. Louis, no doubt. But I do think that they're the best team in that division. And I think they have the best overall team. And for that reason, I want to go, for several of those reasons, I want to go with uh, with Nathan McKinnon. I really do. And I, and I think this is that year where we really start to say that Nathan McKinnon is one of the top five, if not top three best players in the National Hockey League today. So I'm going to go, like I said, with Nathan McKinnon to win the Hart Trophy as playoff MVP. So to recap, the Selkie Trophy, I'm giving to Patrice Bergeron, Ted Lindsay to Elias Pettersson, Calder Trophy to Kirill Kaprasov, Vesna Trophy to Carey Price, Norse Trophy to Shea Theodore, and Hart Trophy to Nathan McKinnon. And now we'll go to where I think the standings will be at the end of the season. So I'm just going to give you guys the top four teams in each division that I think are going to make the Stanley Cup playoffs. So in the East, we have the Islanders, Capitals, Flyers, and Penguins. In the Central, we have the Lightning, 
Hurricanes, Blue Jackets, and Stars in the West. Colorado, Vegas Golden Knights, St. Louis Blues, and Minnesota Wild. And in the North, Toronto, Vancouver, Winnipeg, and Montreal. So there's obviously some surprises in there. And, and I know you guys might not totally agree with me. But as I've said before, and I'll say it again, and I know I sound like a broken record, but hockey is so magical and so unpredictable that I could be totally wrong with every single one of my predictions and can look like a complete idiot. I mean, I really could because it's just, you just don't know what's going to happen until you actually get on the ice. Now, there's some obviously solid bets that you can make that sometimes actually work out. But again, you just don't know. With injuries, with obviously COVID-19 and a shortened season and you know, with age with some of these guys, it could really affect them. So I really look at it and I say to myself, there's some young teams in here where I, where I think that they can really make a lot of noise. And I think youth is going to be very vital for a lot of these teams, you know, being, you know, young and having a lot of energy and being able to deal with the, the strengths of, of everything that's going on. And I think for the older player, unless you have tremendous mental toughness, which a lot of these guys do anyway, it, it still could take a toll on them, especially a lot of them that, that have families and children and things like that. It could really affect them. So there's all these things that could take into effect as to why I put the standings the way that they are. But that's really what I'm going to go with. And again, if you guys, you know, want to, you know, want to comment on it, you know, you can follow me on Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W and also on Instagram. And also, you know, just check out the episode, leave a comment and, and just let me know what you guys think. And I would love to hear from you guys and why you agree, disagree and what you think should be different. So please let me know. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the final part of my whole preview slash prediction for the 2021 NHL season. We come to the Stanley Cup Finals. Now, with this year, again, being so, you know, you know, a season like no other, basically, you know, there's an opportunity for Stanley Cup matchups that we wouldn't get in a normal year because some of these teams are in the same conference, usually, and things like that. But I am going to go with an East versus West matchup, but I am going to include a Canadian team. I think that this is that year because of how crazy this year is anyway, I think this is that year that we finally get at least one Canadian team to make the Stanley Cup play finals. And I'm going to go with the New York Islanders against the Vancouver Canucks in the Stanley Cup finals. I think these are, these are two of the youngest teams with a boatload of talent, both on their forward defensemen and also in their goaltending as well. You know, both teams have a young rising goaltender. They also have a very solid, you know, veteran goalie as well. They have really good coaching. They play their systems to a T. I think that they're perfect for the playoffs and they're going to create a lot of frustration for a lot of other teams. And then once we get there, I have the New York Islanders winning the Stanley Cup in seven games. It's going to be a back and forth series. Both teams are going to trade opportunities. But I think in the end, the New York Islanders are going to end up winning the Stanley Cup. And who do I have winning playoff MVP? It's going to be a shock because this is also a first-time NHL player. He's also going to be a Calder Trophy probably candidate and maybe even finalist because I think this guy has the ability to be ultra, ultra talented and a franchise goaltender for years to come. And that is goalie Ilya Sorokin. I think this guy, from what I saw him play in the Continental Hockey League and what he can bring to the table and the system, the head coach Barry Trotz plays that slow grinding defensive system with really solid defensemen that the Islanders have. Sorokin's going to benefit from that tremendously. 
And so I think he's going to get the opportunity at some point to take over as the number one, and he's going to play very, very well and be the backbone to the Islanders making a surprising run to winning the Stanley Cup. So to recap here, I have the Islanders versus the Vancouver Canucks in the Stanley Cup Finals, with the Islanders winning the Cup in seven games, and the Smythe Trophy for playoff MVP will be awarded to goaltender Ilya Sorokin. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is my preview slash prediction for the 2021 National Hockey League season, a season that is certainly like no other. What's going on, everyone? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, the best place to get the most up-to-date news going on in the wide world of sports. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to see more, here's what you do. You go to wherever you listen to podcasts and search Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, M-O-F-O-B-O, or you can search my name, Neil Villapiano, that's N-E-I-L, V-I-L-L-A-P-I-A-N-O, and you will find the new episodes that we post each week on Mondays and Thursdays. Also, go check out the Mofobo Network Sports YouTube channel. On our page, just like the podcast, we talk about the biggest topics and stories going on in sports. New videos come out each Tuesday. Make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and hit the notification bell so you don't miss new videos we post each week. You could stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on social media at Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, on Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and Mofobo Network on Facebook. If you just want to listen to more of my voice, make sure you go subscribe to the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils hockey team. Go wherever you listen to podcasts, search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL as well as other great hockey podcasts. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media, at Devil State on Twitter, at Devil State of Mind on both Instagram and Facebook as well. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms at HockeyPodNet. And last but certainly not least, go check out my books on Amazon and Barnes & Noble. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and Ecstasy, nah, No Ecstasy, of Being a Jets fan. This book is about the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan from painful moments, painful games, painful player decisions, painful decisions in general. Just everything you could think of that revolves around pain with the Jets is in this book. So if you're a Jets fan or if you know someone who is a Jets fan, this is the book for the Jets fan. So please go check that out. The other book is Meet the Mets Mess. The R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in both 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years and even after that. So if you're a Mets fan or a Jets fan, or by some chance you are a fan of both of these teams, make sure you go check these books out 
I would greatly, greatly appreciate it. Both books are available for both hardcover and ebook on Amazon and Barnes and Noble for the price of $19.69. And if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan or both or, or just a sports fan in general, you probably guessed why I chose those prices. So again, please go check out these books. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and Ecstasy, nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. And the other is Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So thank you guys once again for checking out this edition of the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the awesome people that you are. You know, now that we're into 2021, you know, just forget about what happened the previous year. It doesn't matter. Focus on making this year the best year you could possibly be. And just go out there every day and kick some mofobo. So thank you guys once again for listening today. And God bless.